Hello, everyone. So good to be back with you after a little time away. We have a fantastic episode ready for you today, one that I think will motivate your creativity in big ways. Susanna Conway is an author, photographer, and teacher who's been sharing her heart online for over a decade. She helps people know, trust, and express themselves better by teaching the tools that helped her heal her own heart and live a self-directed life. Her work is steeped in self-compassion, kindness, and practicality. And she shares her own creative journey to inspire you on yours. I loved interviewing Susanna. She's spicy and soulful, and the way she lives and works is 100% on her own terms. My connection to Susanna is that I've known of her work for years and years and really admired her compassionate approach. A little backstory is that I tend to sign up for courses and then I get distracted and I don't get much out of them. But when I took Susanna's Journal Your Life course last winter, I was kind of blown away by what happened. I think I'm a picky audience. And with her course, I literally could not wait for each new lesson. My creativity just sort of exploded. And the method that she taught literally changed the way I journal. And therefore it changed my inner life and dialogue. And honestly, I really haven't had something like that happen to me for so, so long that it was truly a transition. Um, so I'm really just still sitting in that now and the goodness of that. So let's listen in. Welcome, Susanna. Thank you for having me. I discovered you after your book came out, This I Know. And I was kind Ten of... Ten years ago. Ten years this year. Yeah. Can you believe I loved that book. It was so to me, that book was like a little spiritual message. It just sort of landed. I don't even know how I found out about it. And then I ordered it and I got it and I just devoured it in like two hours and told everybody I knew about it. But what I really just felt about that book that was so unique and like no other book I'd ever read is that it was like an a intimate portrait of someone's heart. And I think about that with your work in general and how like since then, like you say, that's 10 years ago, you've created this immense body of work. And I think you'd call yourself a creative and an author and a writer and all this, but I actually think you're a spiritual leader. Oh, that's a big title. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about that. Thanks. Thanks yeah, so because um, well, I think this the whole guru thing is kind of not really, it doesn't really work anymore. And so when I say spiritual leader, I mean, you are a leader of creativity and empowerment through your work. And I think what you're leading people to is discovering their own spirituality through those methods and processes that you're displaying in your work. So not like guru, like Dalai Lama, right? 
but your work has a spiritual tone. And I think I'd love for you to talk to us today about like, what were the origins of your mindfulness practices and how did you sort of bring that intimate spiritual flair into the work that you do? Oh, gosh, that's a gigantic question. Um, everything that I've done and everything that I do is born out of what I need. So when I was go when I was grieving in my early 30s, my whole mission I now realize was just to find myself because I'd managed to get to the very young age of 32 and I didn't really know who I was. I had a fairly good idea. I'd been journaling for years. I, I was decently self-aware but I'd never really had any time to spend with myself. I'd always been in a relationship. I'd always been worrying about someone else and not, not myself. So after I went through grief, which obviously was many years, you don't just get over it. Um, I, I was on this path to just figuring out who I was and what I was all about and what mattered and, and healing. It's just been an ongoing healing journey, which I think carries on until the day you stop, you know, it's forever. The healing journey is forever because there's so many layers to uncover. There's not just, oh, I figured it out now. Yeah, no, I'm good. I know who I am. No, there's always more. There's always more. And then there's another chapter and then there's another layer. And then I hit perimenopause and then I'm like, okay, this is forever. This is a privilege that I keep learning more about myself. Um, so I didn't know I was going to be a teacher that kind of came out the blue. But when I was in my 20s and I was at college, I studied to be a journalist. I became a journalist. I was a fashion editor for a while. I was a freelance writer. And then I went through grief and didn't work for a couple of years. And as I pieced myself back together, that's when I discovered blogging. And that was what really turned things around for me because I was able to bring together my passions of writing and also photography because I studied photography for many years as well and I could bring those two together and I also love um, self-inquiry and, and figuring all this shit out so I could bring that together in my blog and I was just writing about oh god I can't even remember now just the healing path like what am I figuring out let's talk about poetry oh, I'm really sad today oh let's take a self-portrait gosh what does that feel like in you know 2006 before we had all the social media explosion so I was just piecing it together but I was also doing it in a community that was also really game-changing because it wasn't just me writing in my journal I had I had people I was interacting with and we we were all doing similar things because back then it was just blogging um, and I kind of fitted into this quite smallish corner of the internet where we were all doing self-portrait Tuesday and sharing poetry. And it was it was gorgeous and lovely and just very sweet, actually. Um, and yeah, and it kind of grew from there. So I did that for three years and I made connections online and I'm still friends with so many of those people that I first met back then. And, and then I was invited to do an evening class and I, I did this, created this photography Thing, like a photography hybrid we were going to take pictures of ourselves and talk about it and it became this thing I had 10 women sign up for it I was like oh my god I'm a teacher shit <laughs> who am I to do this <laughs> so I did that for a few weeks um and of course I blogged about it and I shared with my community and and people wanted they were well how can we do that you know we're not in we're not in the UK so that was when I got the idea to take it online and obviously that was the beginning of where I am now 12 years later 
So, but what I learned was as my style of teaching is to share what I'm figuring out, not necessarily, guys, I've got all the answers, come and, you know, come mm. and drink from my cup. It's more, well, this is what I've been figuring out. I'm a couple of steps ahead. I'm going to report back and share it with all of you guys. Mm-hmm. That's how I've done the teaching. So that's why clearly I'm no guru, but but we're doing it together. And I'm just, I'm only a couple of steps ahead, but I'll shine the light so you, you know which way you're going. And if you want to come this way with me, then let's do it. But I'm very interested in empowering people to, to find their path and do their stuff. Because it's not about, we just believe what I think. I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I'm still making it up as I go along. But then if I can show you how to journal, if I can show you how to read the tarot in a way that's actually really personally empowering, if I can help you take more photographs, if I can show you how to create an online business, all the bits and pieces that I've been teaching over the last 12 years feed into this idea of what I'm going to help you feel more empowered and get to know yourself better and trust yourself a bit more. Not what everyone else is telling you, not what society says we have to do, especially as women. My audience has always mainly been women. Um, I just I just want you to have that conversation with yourself and come away from anything that I've been sharing feeling more empowered. Because I think if if we all sit up and feel more empowered, then stuff's going to start changing. Um, I think that is what really just rings out with your work is that first of all, you're a natural teacher, truly, truly a gifted and natural teacher and obviously an amazing writer. And then you have the the skills to, to, you know, sort of blend in the visuals. And I just think about, so in the last three or four months, I've taken two of your courses the journaling course, which absolutely completely changed my journal game. People out there listening. I used to be a once a month journaler. So like I would be proud of myself if I did one page a month. And now I journal every single day without fail. And it's been so healing and so cathartic for me that it's, it's, it's like my meditation. It's like my writing meditation time. And then what I'm more, this is what I'm getting to. I'm so fascinated by the fact that you can teach something like that. And then you teach this amazing class about the tarot, 78 mirrors, which just concluded. And I've now, I've always wanted to learn more about it and really get into it and understand those cards from an intuitive quality point of view. And now I do. And I want to just ask you a little bit about like, your practice with tarot and how you you know how did you stay with it because in the beginning it's quite daunting I've just had a lot of years it's what yeah it is. yeah so I've my first tarot deck I think I bought when I was about 19 um and I didn't have a clue what I was doing obviously I just wanted to do a reading about my boyfriend of course as, as all tarot readings are about does he still love me why doesn't he want me when am I going to meet my soulmate you know all of that crap that's what we want to know we, I just want the lover's card classic um so I think I think it was the Aquarian tarot because I'm an Aquarius and I thought oh well, clearly that deck's for me could not understand it it's a very beautiful deck but it's very cold it's not a lot of expressions in the people's faces in the cards and I'm like I, I don't know I don't know I, I don't get it so, but I always had decks and I liked Oracle decks and 
you know, I've always been that sort of new age, spiritual leaning person. I was lucky enough to not be brought up with any kind of a religion. And, you know, I could just find my way to what felt true for me. And it still holds. I still I'm still very much in that way of thinking. Um, and I just like the cards because I've always been a creative, arty sort of person. You know, I went to art college. I did study photography for three years before the journalism. And I'm just very visual, I'm a visual person. So I've had cards for years and years. And I've, it's only really in the last 10 years that I've actually put a bit of effort into learning more about the cards. And even then, I've taken a couple of courses, but I never really... I'm I'm very good at teaching. I'm really shit at being the student, I've discovered. <laughs> I just want to do it my way. So if someone tries to teach me, I'm like, oh, I've always been the rebel. That's that's my part of my personality. You know, if if I was at school, I'm going to be behind the bike sheds having a cigarette. I'm I'm not going to be in class when I don't smoke now, I just like to say. <laughs> so, so Clear like, that up. You can't teach me. I'm going to do it my way. And oh God, it's really tiring having an inner child that feels like that so um yeah so I never really learned and I think there are some there are some amazing tarot courses out there absolutely so I'm not dissing any of them and what I've done with my course is teach how I like to learn so it is quite intuitive but still we've looked at the the foundational meanings that everyone's agreed on in the Rider Waite Smith system and then we've explored other cards and sort of, you know, unpicked it and detangled it and found out more things in there. But I've also wanted to encourage all of you guys to find your own perceptions and, and what you see in the cards and create your own guidebook. And because there are amazing tarot reader, readers out there that read for other people and they have a certain way of doing it. And that's really cool. I can't do that. And I certainly can't teach that. I don't want to do that. So for me, tarot is definitely not about predicting the future. I don't really, I don't have a lot of time for that stuff because I think, well, how, how can that be a thing when we don't know what's going to happen? How can the pieces of cardboard do that? But I do know the tarot does have a bit of magic in it. I mean, there's an awful lot of coincidence going on when you draw a couple of cards and you're like, well, shit, that's exactly either what I needed to hear or exactly what I'm feeling. I feel really comforted and seen. So using the cards in that sort of creative way, that's why I called the course 78 Mirrors. I just think they are 78 mirrors. There are 78 cards. They mirror our life experiences. And I like to use them as really arty, beautiful journal prompts, if you want to look at it that way. So mm. it's, a, it's just another way of having a, having that conversation with yourself, getting to know yourself. Um, I think it's so easy to... to you know, rely on what the man says, what society says, what our mother said, and, you know, oh, I should do this and I should do that. And I only ever want to come back to what I think um, and trust myself first. And you do that by going inside. And if you have a tool that helps you do that, like journaling, writing stuff down, like the cards, well, oh, look at that card. Well, what does that make me think of? What you're thinking of is important. You know, like the clues are in you. We know stuff. We have wisdom inside us. And if we can get quiet enough to tune into it, it's really amazing. Mm. So I can't remember what the question was, but yeah. No, no, no. It's <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. And I have this huge lineage in yoga and meditation. And mm. that's wonderful. And I and it's very sacred to me. 
yet I find that I'm as a woman who's getting older and really full on in that crone phase Mm. that I need, I need an even deeper inquiry. So I think about journaling and even looking at the 78 mirrors as a way of really looking at myself in a very undistracted way. Yeah. Which is really difficult. Like there's so much distraction. And so I've been giving myself, you know, at least an hour every morning to just do this work and not be distracted by anything else. But really it's actually about focus too. Like I've realized about myself during the taking your courses that I'm not very good at focusing right now. Like I'm at this really strange, distracted period in my life. And I always wonder about like with someone like you, who's obviously really putting out a lot of work, like how do you, how do you maintain your focus? I don't is uh, the easy answer to that. It's really hard. Not just hard for you. I think it's hard for all of us, especially coming through the pandemic, especially getting older but especially living in the time of Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so tired of it all. Well, we were, I know you you had a post on your Instagram page recently that really resonated for me and a lot of people where we basically were talking about like what happened, you know, like what are we doing here anymore? I think Instagram's a bit shit. <laughs> is is what it is instagram used to be this lovely oasis of just looking at pictures and and words and i love that because it's calm and it's quiet and it's you know photos i love photos that's um, but then i'm maybe i'm just old school you know i've started as a blogger so of course i love that stuff and now the way instagram is changing and and it can do whatever it wants it's a business Cool. Absolutely. Social media, it's all about money at the end of the day. I think when blogging started, it was there was a cottage industry feel to it. And we were connecting and typing away on our laptops, you know, on our kitchen table. And now, of course, it's 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 big money. So I completely understand that. And I, I, I get what's going on. But I'm enjoying Instagram so much less now. And I've probably been on the platform for like 10 years. Mm. And it's just really changed. And I, I don't find it fun, not that it was ever fun, but you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. just it's just noisy. I don't like all the yeah. noise. So it was, I it was to... sweet. It was sweet about 10 years ago. It was like this beautiful thing, even though it was, you know, owned by Facebook. But it was still uh, it was like, oh my gosh, I can go on here. It's a bit of poetry in my day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also a still a nice way to connect with people. So that's that's really changed. And I'm really feeling the pull to go back to slower social media. So I want to start blogging again. I want to create a podcast, just more spaces to slow down and be quieter. You have to be quiet when you read and I have to be quiet when I write. So I'm I'm, I'm definitely feeling the call to stop blogging again. So watch this space and let's see if I actually do it. Definitely with the podcast. I also wanted to start making more videos. Ironically, I know I've just slagged off all of the video and the noise, but 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 again, for me, in my way of doing it, it's not going to be the one minute noisy dancing TikTok crap. And, and that has its place. And I do look at TikTok. I share TikToks with my sister. We share the funny one. That's entertaining. But for me, as a creator, I want to make a 10 minute video about something we can think about. So that again, it's it's. I, I actually like YouTube 
out of all the social media that I look at, I really enjoy YouTube, but I like a particular style. I like the tarot YouTubers. I like the journalists, the planners, my hobby niche interests, basically. And I like checking in and we're talking about stuff that I'm interested in. I like a fountain pen video podcast. It's one of my favorite things to look at on a Friday. All this geeky stuff that I love is really cozy. And it gives me a hit of that coziness that I had in 2006 when I started blogging. So I could just be a social media dinosaur and I'm perfectly okay with that. Because I know the way I I put stuff out, I know that the the people in my gang, in my audience, they like that too. So I'm like, okay, well, let's, maybe we need a bit of slow social media. Let's, why don't we give that a go and see what that feels like. I think it's an act of rebellion. You're not a dinosaur. I think it's actually quite fresh to look at all this and where we've come with it in, in the last 15, 20 years and to be able to say, no, I'm going to do this instead of that. Because everyone I know about a year ago, everyone started taking Instagram courses to find out how they could get good at Instagram. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't really get good at Instagram. It's just, it's there's so many little nuanced behaviors that happen on Instagram, as you know. Yeah. The yeah, the problem with that is getting good at Instagram looks like doing what everyone else is doing. And that's the most boring thing you can do. I don't want to look like what everyone else is doing. I don't care what everyone else is doing. I'm certainly not going to create an Instagram reel where I'm dancing and pointing at words. It's just not going to happen. I would look ridiculous. And it's not relevant to what I'm teaching and sharing, you know? So just because you play the Instagram game and do all the trends, who's Mm -hmm. going to look at that? Who are you actually trying to attract? So when it comes to online business, I don't think that's actually a good strategy. What you actually need to do is connect with the audience you do have and connect with them in a meaningful way. For for me, that's always been through my newsletter and my sharing in that way. You know, it's no coincidence that my biggest social media number is my my mailing list number. That's where my people are. And, And so many of them have been with me since I started writing a newsletter 12 years ago. I mean, it's nuts. So your people will be loyal and they will stick with you if they if they feel seen you know and mm-hmm. so much of what I do is just sharing my stuff but I know that because I share stuff that's typically pretty real and you know I'm not I'm not pretending to be anything than I am I'm not pretending to be anything other than I am mm-hmm. I know that people I know that that's the way people can feel seen because they're like well yeah I feel the same it's like when I first wrote about I did a massive newsletter about perimenopause and how I was coming into it and the shock of it and blah, 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 all of the stuff around it. I had, I had the most replies to that email I've ever had, like hundreds. It was insane. And also told me that, you know, no one seemed to be talking about it. I mean, I'm sure they were, but in our little corner, there wasn't enough talk about it. It's like, well, guys, I'm just going to talk about it because <laughs> this is what I'm currently experiencing. And I can now see that loads of you are as well. So let's talk about it because there's no shame in it. This is just a normal life experience, but it's really shocking because I don't feel like anyone's prepared me for this. Mm. So I'll always talk about what's going on. I mean, I may not make loads of videos and you're not going to see my face that often, but hopefully reading my words makes up for that. You know, I've always, I've always been a writer more than anything else. I think. I think that 
with that topic of perimenopause and menopause, most women are just trying to kind of suck it up and get through it. And it's sort of like, it's so individualized and everyone is searching for answers and books and and courses and stuff like this. But the truth is it's just going to be so uniquely different for each woman. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that's not really spoken to. And so I think when you, I remember when you wrote that and it was phenomenal and everyone just resonated with it because it's like permission to feel whatever you're feeling. And I think that's what really comes out in, in all of the work that you do and that you offer. And I want to ask you a little bit about your inner child course, because I don't think you've announced (laughs) it yet, but I am so taking that class. So let me just start before, before you um, answer my question. So for, so inner child was kind of like, you know, that guy on Saturday night live in the eighties, like, you know, that, that whole thing, it was like joked upon and looked at as like, Oh, this is so silly or whatever. But now at my age, I'm kind of really realizing that is huge. That is a huge part of who we are and the foundation of how we develop like emotionally. And so I'm really curious to take the course and I'm really curious to have you talk a little bit about the course. Well, um, the first course is tarot for your inner child. So you're going to love it because we, we're going to play with tarot decks that your inner child chooses. So you're, you're going to, you're primed. <laughs> you're primed fun. It's fun. It's really cute. And we make another guidebook and you're going to have lots of stickers and, or whatever resonates with your inner child. I mean, when I, when we've run the course before, some people were like, yeah, well, my, my inner child's not really into the sticker thing. Cool. We'll ask them what they would like to use like what's fun for them so the sticker thing I mean I've always loved stationery I'm a stationery obsessive um what happened was the way it developed is I've always had a no that my goodness I was going to say I've always had a good relationship with my inner child that's not true at all (laughs) it feels like I have but I you know when you have that selective memory and I can only remember the last three years actually what's true is when I was in proper therapy back in my early 30s after I lost my partner, I had a couple of years, proper, very healing, amazing therapist that I worked with, proper couple of years of that. And I remember my, I was so uncomfortable trying to connect with my inner child. It wasn't a lot of the work that we were doing, but it was very clear that I wasn't just grieving the loss of my relationship with my partner because, because he died there was a whole swathe of shit that I had to climb through from the the 30 years of my life, 32 years. So the inner child work was a tiny bit of that. And I was so uncomfortable having anything to do with her because, I mean, this is a, this is like a three hour podcast. If we go there, but it was all about my dad and the past and loads of stuff, loads of screwed up stuff that was in me. And a lot of that, I was blaming and pointing a finger at this younger version of me. You're so stupid this, 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 and and I wasn't kind to her. Um, and then came came through therapy, came with the healing, done a heck of a lot of work on this stuff, on healing myself. And the inner child was largely ignored for quite a long time since in that in-between period. I was growing my business, I was writing my book. I think I talked a bit about the blueprint of how you grow up in the book, and but I'm still just touching on stuff that I'm exploring. But what happened was it was in the second lockdown of 2020 in the great year of the pandemic that we all know. Um, second lockdown in the UK, 
and I bought myself yet another tarot deck. I mean, I've got about 150 because I can't stop buying them because they're all so pretty. I just want them all. So I bought another one and I'm looking at it and it's this really cheesy 90s music video. What mm. is this deck that I've bought? But I was so drawn to it. And I had the epiphany. Oh, my God, I've bought this for my teenagers, my teenage self. Mm. She's the one that wanted this because she's loving it. And here's super grown up me thinking, well, what is this crap? And my teen self was in raptures. She was the one that was doing all the journaling. She was the one that was covering her hymn book with cut out images from magazines. And, you know, this that's the truest core of me is that girl. So I had this realisation, oh, my God, I bought it for her. And then I started exploring it. Well, I wonder what my even younger inner child self would want to buy. So, I mean, you can imagine the amount of shopping that happened. <laughs> so I was just buying loads of decks and exploring it. And I found some really cutesy decks. And and I just it just brought so much happiness and joy. It was nuts. Then I got the intuitive hit to start creating a little guidebook with my inner child so of course is this is all just me giving myself permission to spend money again in lockdown couldn't see anyone couldn't go anywhere so I started buying the most extraordinary extraordinarily large packets of stickers and washi tape and note paper and journals and yummy stuff from this shop in Japan that I loved so I was which one cute things from japan.com oh, <laughs> The I, absolute okay. best. That got I, me through the pandemic. That one I, shop. I am so addicted to that place. This, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I spent quite a lot of money with the ladies in that shop and it was just heavenly. It was the best thing ever. I mean, I've always loved stationery. I've journaled since I was 11, but this was this was like the next level because I needed some joy. I needed something different. I couldn't go anywhere. I just I needed something delightful. And that's what this stationery buying gave me. And then these tarot decks. So I started making this um, guidebook, tarot guidebook with my inner child. And I call her Susie Q because Susie was my name when I was little. I had this little photo of me, put it in a frame. And I'm like, come on then, let's do this. So me and her started making this guidebook and we were just putting stickers down and then writing out what we thought the cards meant. And it was just amazing it was lovely it was so lovely I have such fond memories of those couple of months of doing it so of course I thought well I've, I've got to share this because this is great and I was sharing it sharing it with some friends they started making their own guidebook they found pictures of themselves and we all just became obsessed and a course was born because I knew well, I've got to share this and it did so well because of course we were all at home in lockdown um, and I brought, finally brought more video into my teaching. And I think that's what turned it around because you could hear the happiness and joy in my voice. So it was, yeah, it was really good fun to make the course um, and give everyone permission to treat themselves to, well, no, to treat their inner child, give their mm -hmm. inner child permission to find a deck that resonated with them and that brought them joy. Not the one that your grown up self thinks you need to have, mm -hmm what would make little you happy and I know that not everyone's done a whole ton of therapy and connected mm -hmm. with their younger selves and obviously I do address that I'm not a therapist I'm not qualified to help you to do that however 
if you want to at least open to the possibility of more joy and feel brave enough and ready to be able to there's some meditations where you connect with your inner child just dip your toe into that idea then it's the sort of course that's that's going to be fun Mm. and it's you know it's there's no homework none of my courses have homework it's it's just about yeah opening up to something that could be potentially joyful for you that's what I want all of my courses to feel like that it's entertaining obviously but it's educational it's empowering I'm I'm like the great permissionator I give you permission to buy the stickers or to buy the journal or to go out and take a photo walk or whatever you need I think our creative side is so so finely linked to that inner child part of us and there are many inner children in there you know every significant age it's like you create a photocopy within yourself so my five-year-old is in there my 11-year-old my screwed up 14-year-old my 17-year-old you know they're all in there they don't disappear and just because I'm 49 oh no believe me (laughs) those selves are in there (laughs) and the more I've been doing this work and connecting with her with them I just I feel better I feel really better and I'm less concerned with how I should look I mean this is all part of getting older as well you know I I don't wear as much makeup anymore I'm less concerned with looking pretty and or looking nice with the patriarchy fuck that (laughs) so it's it's been this unraveling in the best possible way and it's really nice because my first ever course was called unraveling and the unraveling hasn't ever stopped and it's great and it maybe it gets messy at times, but it's never going to be neat and tidy. It's gloriously, you know, all over the place. I love it. It's it's creative. It's juicy. It's all of those ugh, all of those words. It's just we're we're so serious now too. We've had to be so serious. So I think yeah. this inner child course of yours is just going to be such a delight. And uh, I think about. Like when I was in my 20s, I was really dealing with the fracture of my family of origin that kind of broke apart when I was 12, when my parents got a divorce. And so I was working with this therapist, male therapist, and he was he encouraged me to channel my 12-year-old self and mm. sort of work through that. And it was so difficult because I was so traumatized. Like I couldn't even really remember my 12. I was like, I don't know. I'm only, you know, I was in my early twenties. So for me, it was like all numbed out at that point. And so I'm very curious to know at this age that I'm at now, what will it be like to take a course where I can sort of playfully even. A lot of the the feedback I've had is that it's, I mean, the course obviously we focus on tarot. I'm also thinking about doing a workshop without the tarot because I know not everyone's going to be into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think and I want to keep going with the inner child stuff because it feels really important. But I did have the feedback that when you when you go through therapy, when you look at some of this stuff, it's really quite dry. Yes. You, know, you, might, you might be do you might do a bit of drawing if you're lucky, but it's you know, gotta let the inner child be seen. And you know, it's very worthy and it's very important. But the feedback I got from some people was, yeah, but this is this has healed me so much more because it's been playful and it's been yes. fun. 
And I've and they, you get to know your inner child in a different way. It's not just, well, we're going to sit down and have a serious talk. Mm-hmm. It's, no, no, we're going to get the stickers and the coloured pens out. And I'm actually going to spend time with you. And you're giving that part of yourself some attention and some energy and some love. And it comes into that whole reparenting thing. But but that doesn't have to be really stiff and proper. What if it was playful? You know, what if it is gentle? And the older I get, the younger I feel in that way. When I was in my 20s, I could, I just wanted to be away from that younger self. Yes. I couldn't connect with her. I was ashamed of her. I couldn't understand it. And now the older I get, the, and yeah, maybe I look at my younger self with a more mothering vibe. I mean, I'm not a mother in a biological way, but I mother a lot of people. I mother mm-hmm. my nephews. I mother, actually, I mother everyone. So, but I'm <laughs> able to have that softness and I really truly love my inner child I love her so much because I'm able to see that she's just like this little being of light and of course I'm saying this about something that's in me but but I also see her separately you know I just I have this appreciation for her as I could cry just saying it I really truly love her and, you know, little me didn't get enough of that when she was actually little. You know, I got it from my mum. But same, when I was 11, my parents separated, my dad emigrated, didn't see him again. You know, all of this stuff that really screwed me up. And I was lucky there was no abuse. You know, I, I got off lightly. I was lucky. I see that. But I also see how all of that stuff and how it affected me and the personality type that I was the rebel, da, 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 all of those things. The, the blueprint that was created was quite destructive. And it's just taken me quite a long time to untangle all of that crap. Mm. So to be able to have this really sweet feeling towards my younger self, my younger selves. I mean, I still, to be honest, I still have a bit of work to do with my teen self. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to love your six-year-old self. Mm-hmm. It's sweet mm-hmm. and playful and innocent and but your angry 14-year-old self, your 15-year-old self, that's like a whole other thing because she's more resistant to me being nice to her. So that's actually, I really need to do something about the inner team. Maybe that's the next thing. It's like another course because... There's something there, but I haven't lived it yet. So I can't teach it yet. That's, I always, like I said, I always report back on, like I'll go first and then I'll I'll report back my mm-hmm. findings. So, that's yeah, what you do. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what you do. Maybe yeah. what happens too is that when we get older, we have not just the knowledge or wisdom, but we have a more grounded approach and we feel safer in that. And that is what allows us to go back and really look, really sort of like lift the veil and look. Yeah, we know we can survive. You know, there's really something like when you have your first heartbreak. You don't think you're going to survive it. Oh, this is it. This is, oh, this is all I'm ever going to, oh, you're the one. Ah, all of that. And now I'm like, dude, you know, I've been through some things. I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> you made it. You made yeah, it. No worries. It's, I, I absolutely love being older. I love it so much. There are some things, physical things that are shit. And I'm working on dismantling my inner patriarchal, expectations but yeah that being older having some stuff behind me is great it's oh, really great I and couldn't agree more it, it makes me so agree. sad that we live in a world where being young 
is the is the ideal anti-aging youthful you know fuck off this getting is the older, thing though. getting older is the best thing ever this I, is I, the I, next this is the next big thing in my view is that yeah. and not just because i'm i'm definitely at the farther end of older than most women online and in the communities um because you just a lot of women in their 60s just kind of fade away and get invisible is what I've noticed. Um, there is no such thing as anti-aging. You can't not age. <laughs> I know. It's, it's the thing. It's What's so great ridiculous. about being younger? I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> I, you couldn't pay me to be in my 20s again and actually my early 30s. It's like, no. Oh, my God, no. Like, my life is so much calmer now. I'm so much happier. I mean, yeah, I'm single and I'm so grateful to be single, quite frankly. It's so much easier. And yeah, I didn't have kids and I still have a bit of sadness around that. But, you know, I also see what I do have and that's that's what matters. And it's being younger is not all it's cracked up to be. Everybody. That's not. And, you know, that really comes through in your courses, like your your joy you know that just sort of ambulance that you have about all this it's definitely there even I can't remember in one of the one of the week videos that you did in the in the um journal your life course you did bring in Susie Q and I could just feel that that's that's what (laughs) I was like I love this so much because we just need this invitation to be sort of silly and fun and like that's why I ordered so many meatball stickers because, oh my god! I'm, oh yes, that's like my new religion: meatball stickers. You're gonna have to give everyone a link because. And I, lo- I, I will definitely, and I can't. I love the ones where it's like the angry meatball, like what? You know. Yes. So anyway, I love that one. So we <laughs> clearly could like just keep going on these topics for you know I don't know three or four more hours. I'm happy to return for the you know the next level. Do, let tell you what when you've done the tariff for your inner child. We can come back and talk about. I want to. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's plan on that. And uh, so, yeah, we'll have all the information about that in the show notes and all the goodies. But just such an honor and really just a delight and joy to be with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bringing the joy. I have stickers all around me. It's yeah. I'm in sticker. Let's not even get started on the washi tape. Dude, I've got, <laughs> I've got mountains of the stuff. Mountains. It's I'm living. My, I'm living that teenage girl. I am living her dream life. I love you know, it. And it's, and it's funny because she would have thought, "Oh, I'm going to have a boyfriend. I'm going to be married." I mean, she never wanted to get married quite quite smartly, I think. Um, but she always wanted to be in love. She wanted to marry George Michael. You know, <laughs> all of that stuff. It was the eighties. But she, but she loved journaling. She was always writing. All of these creative things that I have around me. I mean, you can't see it from this view, but in front of me, she would have just loved it so much. So I, I do know I'm honouring her by living all of this stuff. And I think Thank I need you. to spend a bit more time with her. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. I so appreciate it. And we're going to be back here soon. Take such good care. Thank you. Thank you. Well, friends, I've just returned from our first Radiant Jane Italy retreat since late 2019. 
I was in beautiful Toscana for 12 days. And I have to say it was one of my favorite times traveling in Italy. It was, uh, well, much less crowded. And the Italians were so grateful to see us. So there was a lot of just beauty and joy in the, in the connections and the moments like that, being present together. Lots of friendship to return to. And that's what I really cherish the most about Italy is, is the friendships that I've developed there and the way that I see people who come on retreat also develop friendships. So for me, Italy is like a mirror to my higher consciousness. And returning to Italy really brought me back to my center. I'll be back in Italy this fall, this October late October for a sold out memoir writing retreat with Allison Wearing. And if you're interested in learning more, you can check it out at thejanereeves.com slash retreats. You can read more about Allison, her style. And we also have one space that opened up on that retreat. And then we have a second retreat book for her in April of 2023. So check that out. We also have a couple spots left for our tarot retreat, October 23rd through 29th, coming up in just a few months. Really stoked about this. Carrie Paris is teaching, and she's a highly respected tarot card designer and teacher extraordinaire. She teaches all over the world. She'll be sharing her wisdom under the Tuscan sun. And I personally have been on a journey with tarot and Oracle this last year because I'm in the process of creating my own deck, Oracle deck. So I cannot wait to dive in deeper when we get back to Tuscany. Again, you can check out all of our upcoming Italy retreats at thejanereeves.com retreats. If you have anything you'd like to share with me or ask me about relating to any of this, write to me at jane at thejanereeves.com. I'm always honored to spend any time with you and especially this time with you. I really wish you well and I hope that you take good care of yourself. Ciao.